I'll start this podcast today with a scripture from the New Testament. 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 9. Peter says, The Lord knoweth how to deliver the godly out of temptations and to reserve the unjust unto the day of judgment to be punished. In Genesis 15, we read the story of Abraham, where God reveals himself to Abraham and tells him he'll make of him a great nation. In Genesis chapter 15, verses 13-14, we read, And he, God, said to Abram, Know of a surety that thy seed shall be a stranger in a land that is not theirs, and shall serve them, and they shall afflict them for four hundred years. And also that nation whom they shall serve will I judge, and afterwards shall they come out with great substance. The podcasts that I've been recording for the last few days have told of this deliverance that God is making by bringing the children of Israel out of Egypt. God told Abraham they would be afflicted in Egypt 400 years. But in Exodus, we read they came out of Egypt in 400 and 30 years. I've always wondered about that. As I was writing this just a few moments ago, God explained this to me. Why is there a difference between the the account in Genesis and the account in Exodus? God told Abraham they would be afflicted in Egypt for 400 years. But you see, they weren't afflicted in the early years when Joseph was second in command of Pharaoh. And when they came down into Egypt, they lived in the land of Goshen. They were not servants to the Egyptians as they ended up being after Joseph died and after Pharaoh died and a new rulership came into Egypt. Then they became slaves virtually to the Egyptians. So that accounts in the difference between the 400 years that God told to Abraham and the 430 years that we read about in Exodus. They were afflicted 400 years, but they lived in Egypt 30 years before they were afflicted. The angel of death has passed through Egypt, and the firstborn of all the Egyptians has died. Even the slaves of the Egyptians or the servants of the Egyptians or the mill workers, the handmaidens, even their firstborn died. The firstborn of Pharaoh, the highest ruler, died and all of his officers and men in his army, their firstborn died. The only ones that didn't die were the children of Israel who did what God told them to do. He told them, that they were to kill a lamb that would be their Passover. The angel of death would pass over them, and they would take the blood of that lamb and paint the blood on the top of the door of their house and on the side post. 
And when the angel of death saw that blood, they would pass over the children of Israel. And he told them, don't go out of your house that night. You'll have to stay in your house all night. The firstborn of the cattle was also killed in this situation. Now we pick it up, the story, with this. So Exodus chapter 12, verse 30. And Pharaoh arose up in the night, he and all his servants and all the Egyptians. And there was a great cry in Egypt, for there was not a house where there was not one dead. And he called for Moses and Aaron by night. Even even in the night he called for them when he saw this. He didn't wait till morning. Now remember, God told Moses to tell the children of Israel when they were eating that lamb that night to eat it, be fully dressed and prepared to leave. Well, this is why. Because Pharaoh's going to cast him out of Egypt immediately when he sees the firstborn dead. So Pharaoh called for Moses and Aaron by night and said, Rise up and get you forth from among my people, both ye and the children of Israel, and go. Serve the Lord as ye have said. Also take your flocks and your herds as ye have said. And be gone, and bless me also. And the Egyptians were urgent upon the people that they might send them out of the land in haste. For they said, We be all dead men. Those Egyptians had seen enough when that angel of death passed over and their firstborn were slain. They wanted no more to do with the children of Israel. And they wanted them out of there immediately, even in the night. God had said before this ever happened that they would be thrust out of Egypt. And that's what we see right now. Exodus 12, start at verse 34. And the people took their dough before it was leavened, their kneading troughs being bound up in their clothes upon their shoulders. And the children of Israel did according to the word of Moses, and they borrowed of the Egyptians jewels of silver and jewels of gold and raiment. And the Lord gave the people favor in the sight of the Egyptians, so that they lent unto them such things as they required. And they spoiled the Egyptians. Verse 37. And the children of Israel journeyed from Ramesses to Sukloth, about 600,000 on foot that were men beside children. This is a miracle story. God told Abraham he would make of him a great nation. He would multiply him. Seventy went down into Egypt, 70 men, plus women and children. 400 years later, 600,000 men walked out, plus women and children. This is just incredible to think of. It would be 
I don't know what city you can think of that's uh, 600,000 or well, it would be about a million people when you include women and children, maybe more than a million. But if you think of a, of a town, a city that has a million people in it, and think about at midnight, all of them start walking out of the city with just what they can carry. And they take, in this case, their animals with them, their livestock. That must have been just an incredible situation to think of that many people walking out of the city in Egypt and heading out into a wilderness, which God would show them the way to go. Verse 38, And a mixed multitude went up also with them. Mixed multitude, they had servants themselves. They had people that weren't Jews who had joined themselves to them, and they were circumcised when they did that and flocks and herds, and even much cattle. And they baked unleavened cakes of the dough, which they brought forth out of Egypt. For it was not leavened, because they were thrust out of Egypt, and could not tarry, neither had they prepared for themselves any victual, any food. 600,000 men plus women and children, leaving instantly, without even preparing food. Now the sojourning of the children of Israel who dwelt in Egypt was 430 years. And it came to pass at the end of the 430 years, even the selfsame day, it came to pass that all the host of the Lord went out from the land of Egypt. It is a night to be much observed unto the Lord for bringing them out from the land of Egypt. This is that night of the Lord to be observed of all the children of Israel in their generations. I love reading about this story of God delivering them. It gives us such faith when we read this. This is also repeated for us in Psalm 78. Start at verse 5. For God established a testimony in Jacob and appointed a law in Israel, which he commanded our fathers that they should make them known unto their children, that the generation to come might know them, even the children which should be born in the future, who should arise and declare them to their children, that they might set their hope in God and not forget the works of God, but keep his commandments, and might not be as their fathers, a stubborn and rebellious generation, a generation that set not their heart aright, and whose spirit was not steadfast with God. In verse 9, it says the children of Ephraim, being armed and carrying bows, turned back in the day of battle. This would have been terrible because back in the days of Joshua, they had to fight for the land that God had promised them. And to be equipped to fight and to turn back from the battle would have been 
a terrible thing to do. They kept not the covenant of God and refused to walk in God's law. And they forgot his works and his wonders that he had showed them. Marvelous things did God in the sight of their fathers in the land of Egypt. He divided the sea and caused them to pass through, and he made the waters to stand as an heap. In the daytime also he led them with a cloud, and all the night with a light of fire. He clave the rocks in the wilderness and gave them drink as out of the great depths. He brought streams also out of the rock and caused waters to run down like rivers. And they sinned yet more against God by provoking the Most High in the wilderness. And they tempted God in their heart by asking meat for their lust. Yea, they spake against God. They said, Can God furnish a table in the wilderness? Behold, he smote the rock, that the waters gushed out, and the streams overflowed. Can he give bread also? Is he able to give bread? Can he provide flesh for his people? Therefore the Lord heard this and was wroth. So a fire was kindled against Jacob, and anger also came up against Israel, because they believed not in God and trusted not in his salvation. Though he had commanded the clouds from above and opened the doors of heaven and had rained down manna upon them to eat and had given them of the corn of heaven, man did eat angels' food. He sent them meat to the full. He caused an east wind to blow in the heaven, and by his power he brought in the south wind. He rained flesh also upon them as dust and feathered fowls like as the sand of the sea. And he let it fall in the midst of their camp, round about their habitations. So they did eat and were well filled, for God gave them their own desire. They were not estranged from their lust, but while their meat was yet in their mouths, the wrath of God came upon them and slew the fattest of them and smote down the chosen men of Israel. For all this they sinned still and believed not for his wondrous works. Therefore their days did he consume in vanity and their years in trouble. When he slew them, then they sought him, and they returned and inquired early after God. And they remembered that God was their rock and the high God their redeemer. Nevertheless, they did flatter God with their mouth, and they lied unto him with their tongues. For their heart was not right with God, neither were they steadfast in his covenant. But God, being full of compassion, forgave their iniquity and destroyed them not. Yea, many a time God turned his anger away 
and did not stir up all his wrath. For he remembered that they were but flesh, a wind that passeth away and cometh not again. How oft did they provoke him in the wilderness and grieve him in the desert? Yea, they turned back and tempted God and limited the Holy One of Israel. They remembered not his hand nor the day when he delivered them from the enemy. How he had wrought his signs in Egypt and his wonders in the field of Zoan and had turned their rivers into blood and their floods that they could not drink. And he sent divers sorts of flies among them which devoured them and frogs which destroyed them. He also gave their increase unto the caterpillar and their labor unto the locusts. He destroyed their vines with hail and their sycamore trees with frost. He gave up their cattle also to hail and their flocks to hot thunderbolts. He cast upon them the fierceness of his anger, wrath, and indignation and trouble by sending evil angels among them. God made a way to his anger, and he spared not their soul from death, but gave their life over to the pestilence, and smote all the firstborn in Egypt, the chief of their strength in the tabernacles of Ham. But he made his own people to go forth like sheep, and guided them in the wilderness like a flock, and he led them on safely, so they feared not. But the sea overwhelmed their enemies. And he brought them to the border of his sanctuary, even to this mountain which his right hand had purchased. He cast out the heathen also before them, and divided them an inheritance by line, and made the tribes of Israel to dwell in their tents. Yet they tempted and provoked the Most High God and kept not his testimonies, but turned back and dealt unfaithfully like their fathers. They were turned aside like a deceitful bow, for they provoked God to anger with their high places and moved him to jealousy with their graven images." We see that today with the churches who have departed, fallen away from Scripture, and have set up other doctrines in their churches. We see the exact same thing today. And destruction will come as a result of what they're doing in their churches today. For Antichrist moved in when Jesus was removed. Jesus the specific scriptures that they did not want to follow were removed from the churches and no longer taught, and sin entered the congregation today. We see exactly the same thing happening today that happened in the wilderness when they turned away from God, their deliverer. Destruction came as a result of what they did, and destruction will come when Jesus returns Second Thessalonians chapter 2 verse 8 tells of the destruction that will come when Jesus returns. 
And then shall that wicked be revealed, whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth, and shall destroy with the brightness of his coming. Second Thessalonians 2, 8, now verse 10, And with all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish, because they received not the love of the truth, that they might be saved. And for this cause God shall send them strong delusion, that they might believe a lie, that they all might be damned, who believed not the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. They fell away from the scriptures and set up their own doctrines in their churches. And they will be destroyed by God because they didn't love the word of God. Those are the apostate churches of the end time. So the people of the children of Israel in the day of Moses are brought out of Egypt by God. Exodus thirteen seventeen, And it came to pass when Pharaoh had let the people go, that God led them not through the way of the land of the Philistines, although that was near. For God said, lest per adventure the people repent when they see war and they return to Egypt. But God led the people about through the way of the wilderness of the Red Sea, and the children of Israel went up harnessed out of the land of Egypt. God knows how to deliver the godly from temptation and to reserve the ungodly unto the day of judgment to be punished. And here we see God carefully leading the children of Israel out of Egypt. He didn't let them go by the closest way because they might have turned back to Egypt. Verse 19, And Moses took the bones of Joseph with him, for he had straightly sworn the children of Israel, saying, God will surely visit you, and ye shall carry up my bones away with you. In the day of Joseph, Joseph spoke this by faith, saying the time will come. It was going to be 400 years later. But the time will come, God will deliver you out of Egypt. And when you go, take my bones with you. That was a statement of faith. It really had nothing to do with Joseph's bones being removed. It was simply Joseph showing his faith in God, in the deliverance that would come. It would be 400 years before they were delivered, but it would happen. So they are now headed out of Egypt, where they were living. Verse 21 of Exodus 13 says, And the Lord went before them by day in a pillar of a cloud. So they followed this cloud that was in front of them. By day in a pillar of a cloud to lead them the way, and by night in a pillar of fire to give them light to go by day and night. So whether it was day or whether it was night, God led them and they followed him. 
He took not away the pillar of the cloud by day, nor the pillar of the fire by night from before the people. I've always thought this passage of scripture was just so interesting. In Numbers chapter 9, verse 15, And on the day that the tabernacle was reared up, the cloud covered the tabernacle, namely the tent of the testimony. And at even there was upon the tabernacle, as it were, the appearance of fire until the morning. So it was always. The cloud covered it by day and the appearance of fire by night. And when the cloud was taken up from the tabernacle, then after that the children of Israel journeyed. And in the place where the cloud abode, there the children of Israel pitched their tents. At the commandment of the Lord, the children of Israel journeyed. And at the commandment of the Lord, they pitched. As long as the cloud abode upon the tabernacle, they rested in their tents. And when the cloud tarried long upon the tabernacle, many days, then the children of Israel kept the charge of the Lord and journeyed not. And so it was. When the cloud was a few days upon the tabernacle, according to the commandment of the Lord, they abode in their tents. And according to the commandment of the Lord, they journeyed. And so it was when the cloud abode from even unto the morning, and that the cloud was taken up in the morning, then they journeyed. Whether it was by day or by night that the cloud was taken up, they journeyed. Or whether it were two days or a month or a year that the cloud tarried upon the tabernacle, remaining thereon, the children of Israel abode in their tents and journeyed not. But when it was taken up, they journeyed. At the commandment of the Lord, they rested in their tents, and at the commandment of the Lord, they journeyed. They kept the charge of the Lord at the commandment of the Lord by the hand of Moses. God made a way to lead them that they could understand. And he led them by day. He led them by night. They had to be ready to go, whether it was day or night, the minute that this cloud moved, they moved. The minute that the fire at night on the tabernacle moved, they moved. But as long as it stayed still, they journeyed not. As long as there was a cloud on the tabernacle, they didn't journey. I used that as a guide for many years and still do. It taught me a great deal about following God. In our case, the New Testament church, when we hear from God, we act upon that which we hear. And as long as there is no word, we do nothing. This example again is in Numbers chapter 9. It starts at verse 15 and it goes all the way down to verse 23. Verse 23 I think is so important. At the commandment of the Lord, they rested in their tents. Don't do anything. If you don't hear to do something, don't do anything. 
and at the commandment of the Lord they journey. And as soon as you hear, and you're sure it's God speaking, take action. I'm really very fast to act upon the word of God when I hear it. We hear by the Holy Spirit today. He brings to our mind information. And when we have that information, we don't just sit on it for the next year. To me, this, this taught me if that cloud on the tabernacle starts moving, that means you follow it. If that word is there, you do it, and you do it now. I use this scripture. God used it in teaching me when I was a new Christian about following him. I've seen people that heard the word of God, but they didn't do anything. They didn't do the right thing. I was baptized in water when I was 15. I was born again when I was 37. At the time... I was 37. I was en route to Albuquerque, New Mexico to buy merchandise for my business. And I heard, just as the plane touched down on the runway, I heard from the Holy Spirit, be baptized. When I hear something from God, and I am sure it is God telling me this thing, to me that means do it now. My cousin, a Church of Christ member, was meeting me at the airplane, and I said to her, I will be baptized this afternoon if you can arrange it. She said, but you've already been baptized. And I said, but I wasn't born again. And now I hear from God to be baptized. So if you can set it up at your church, I'll be baptized this afternoon. Now, I'm sure she didn't understand what I was saying. At one point as we drove along, she says, Well, I believe you're a Christian. I just don't see how you can be. I just laughed. She didn't understand about being born again. When I got to that church building that afternoon, I was surprised there were about 15 of my relatives sitting there waiting for me to be baptized. It really surprised me. I was not expecting that. The young minister said to me, would you like to say anything? And I said, well, I guess so. And I just started talking about the Holy Spirit and how I didn't have the Spirit of God when I was baptized when I was 15. And now God, at 37, he tells me to be baptized. I now have the Spirit of God. I'm born again. And I talked about, I suppose, being born again. As I spoke, I noticed one of my cousins smiling and shaking her head up and down. I noticed my uncle crying. I went up, they took me up to be baptized, and and when he lowered me in the water, the Holy Spirit said, this is like being buried with Christ. As I came out of the water, the Holy Spirit said, this is like being raised with Christ. When I dressed and went back downstairs, my uncle came to me. He still had tears in his eyes, and he said, I've never heard anything like you spoke today. Could you write that out and send it to me? And I said, well, I suppose so. Years later, I realized my uncle was born again at the time I was speaking in that Church of Christ building. See, follow God. If you 
Believe it's God speaking. What are you waiting for? And why would he speak to you now if he didn't want you to do it now? That's always been my reasoning as I've come to see in the scriptures. And it was this example that taught me this. When the cloud moves, you move. When the cloud is over your tabernacle, don't move. Because if it's cloudy and you don't see the way to go, don't go any direction. Wait until God makes it clear. And that's what he taught me to do. Thank you for allowing me to speak this to you today.